0: sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Hello? You play to win the game. I
1: mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. To I mean, LeBron was
2: insane! Officially insane,
0: James. What is good, Bobcat Family? I'm your host, Courtney Abraham. And here I got my three main men. I'm let them introduce themselves.
3: I'm hey, Jacob Aronmi. I am a freshman at Texas State.
1: And um, I'm Chris Santiago. I'm a senior at Texas State, actually. And I am Gage Sutton, sports director and junior at Texas
0: State University. And welcome to another episode of Claws to the Wall. And today we got some real good, interesting topics, and it's been a good week for Bobcat basketball. So I want to just jump straight right into it. So, Texas State, man, they the men's basketball team finally won the Sun Belt Conference since it's been since 1999 since they won the last conference. So, I want to ask you guys what does this mean to the Bobcat program that they won this Sun Belt Conference title?
2: Well, you know, I think it's huge. I think when you look at not just how, how close they were last year, but you look at just the history of Texas state, I mean, this is just a huge win for the uh, men's basketball team. They really deserve it too. I mean, they had an off season that was full of just a bunch of controversy, but they were able to get through it. And I mean, ultimately win that was their, that was the whole, whole point of it. But (laughs) I think, um, you know, I think for them to be – or I guess for them to say that this season was a complete success, they really do need to win out in the Sun Belt tournament, and I know that's something we'll talk about a little bit more, but winning the Sun Belt is a good start, I would say. Especially
3: that it's a first-year head coach for them, Coach uh, TJ. I mean, you saw the video that came out of everyone celebrating with him when he was in his truck in, like, that loading dock. It shows <laughs> that, like, those players – even though it's just been one year for the guy as a head coach, he's already mean so much to the players that that's like the first thing they got to do after getting such a big accomplishment.
2: Yeah. I mean, you can tell that those guys really do play for each other and they play for him. I think uh, coach TJ has done a great job of coming in and being a player's coach and not being afraid to uh, fail because at the beginning of the season, we saw them struggle against teams like our lady of the lake. Uh, They struggled a little bit against some of the better teams like Mississippi state. And I think, They lost to UT. There are a bunch of teams that are at the beginning of the season and even coming into the season, no one thought Texas State was going to be one of the better teams in the Sun Belt, let alone win the whole thing. Um, So I think Coach TJ is a big part of that. And, Jacob, I'm glad you brought that up. Definitely deserves to be (laughs) be the head coach moving
1: forward. And um, I agree. I definitely agree. He deserves to be the coach in the future. And with everything they've done, and like you mentioned, they all play for one another. Um, not one player, you know, is is the main guy. Um, they just, they play as a unit. And for him to, you know, come in and, and take over and, you know, all the pre uh, preseason rankings had him, you know, rank fourth or fifth place and stuff like that. So, you know, for the team to come together and win it. And, you know, like you said, the only way this season is actually successful is if they win out. But I mean, for them to do what they just did this season, um, it, it's it's amazing.
0: And I completely agree with y'all. Even the past couple of seasons, like they've had good records and they had a high score, high score, a high record in their conference. Like in 2019, there was 21 and 11. There was 13 and 7 in the conference, but they still didn't win the Sun Belt. And then in 2018, 2019 season, there was 24 and 10 for the rec- for overall, and then 12 and 6 for the conference. So they always they was always been good, but they never have a guy with that that just that hump. Just and then for them to make it and win the Sun Belt conference, even though it's still more to go, they still gotta go to Florida and beat out all the other teams. But I'm really happy for the basketball team, though. It's them. And- yeah. And, you know, I'm glad you
2: brought that up, Courtney, because, you know, we're talking about them getting ready to play in the Sunbelt tournament. And I guess I wanted to ask you guys what do you think are the keys for the Bobcats to win out this weekend? Because if they can, if they can win out, like we're saying, and make it to the big dance, the March Madness tournament, which every team wants to make it to, well, what do they need to do? Jacob, do you want to start? Uh, yeah, I'll start. I mean, of course, you got guys
3: like Small, Asbury, and Harold who. In my opinion of watching this season, everyone's playing great as a whole, but those three guys are usually at the top of their game if they win a game. So I feel like those three guys definitely have to bring it to try and lead the team to, you know, this is kind of new ground for Texas State, and like you said, in the past 22 years, this is a new territory for them. So I feel like they look at you know more juniors and seniors on the team who have gone and done a couple more years and look to them to lead them to a uh, to farther more wins and getting farther down and hopefully into the March Magnus bracket.
1: Um, I personally think it comes down to defense. Um, they've been playing amazing defense these past, you know, this whole year. And if they're able to, you know, create turnovers and and get them fast break points going and stuff like that, that'll definitely help them, um, especially in those, those tough close games that, you know, that matter the most. And I completely agree with y'all too. I agree
0: with you, Chris, about the defense. And I feel like where they need to excel at is scoring because these past couple of games I've seen, like, they're having a hard time shooting for three point line from the three point line. And I remember the last game, they shot with like 33%. I mean, which is not bad, but it took like 12, 12 attempts for three then only made like three of them. So I feel like they got to be able to score more efficiently if they want to make it all the way to the, to March madness. And you know, you know- Christopher,
2: you're you actually or Chris, you nailed it right on the head. Um, the defense has actually been the high point for the Texas State Bobcats this season. They're ranked number one in the Sun Belt, only allowing 61 points per game from their opponents. And meanwhile, the offense is where they're struggling a little bit. But that's okay because the defense has been so good that they don't have to score as many points. Um, I think Coach TJ has done a great job of emphasizing that to his guys. The defense is the most important part because even if you don't put up 90 points a game you still have a chance to win if you're holding them under 60 so uh chris i 100 percent agree with you they're gonna have to play defense the that's the way they've been winning games all season and to keep that and if they want to continue on to the march madness tournament they're gonna have to keep that up
0: and i agree and then speaking of coach tj i wanted to ask you guys since this is coach tj's first year of being a head coach for the Bobcat basketball team, I just wanted to ask y'all, what do y'all think this means for Coach TJ? I know this is a big moment for him, considering this is his first year stepping in for last year's coach. I just want to get y'all guys' thoughts on that.
3: I mean, it certainly won't be his last. (laughs) You know, I think because of this season, he set up a a pretty good couple of years here for him um, to be head coach. And I mean, if this is what we get out of his first year, who knows what we get? Out of his fifth year, you know, he could definitely be, you know, it could be a definite run to March Madness and even further if he just keeps improving.
2: Yeah, I agree, and you know, actually, I'm I'm gonna get a little more vocal about it here. If Texas State does not bring back Coach Terrence Johnson. I mean, I'm just going to say there's going to be a problem like uh, there's going to be an uprising of students. And I'm sure the players will be extremely frustrated if Coach TJ is not brought back this offseason. He's done everything right. Um, He's a great role model for his players. And not only that, but it's led to team success. And that's what you want out of a coach. So, I mean, I'm just saying there there would be some pretty big problems if coach DJ was not brought back long-term after this season.
1: And you know what? You know, I agree. Um, the way he carries himself, especially after going to a couple of press conferences, um, the way he just, he speaks to, to us. I can't imagine how he speaks to his players. I mean, just listening to him just makes me want to go out and, and play my, my best basketball. I don't even play basketball, but just listening to the way, you know, he carries himself. It just, it just shows how, 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 great of a person he is and i mean like you said if they don't bring him back um I, I i don't know what else you know he needs to do to to show that that he deserves to be the the head coach for the for these upcoming years yeah
2: and you know one of the and like you said he just the way he carries himself and i think that's the biggest thing you know i i get to go out to a lot of the practices and he is hard on his guys because because they need to be pushed hard but he does it in a respectful way where like he he is just the perfect coach for this team he the, every player on the team loves him he he pushes his guys to be a lot better than I mean the talent really they they don't have a score like they did last year in Nigel Pearson they don't have a player of Nigel Pearson's caliber on that team and like you said Mason Harrell Isaiah Small all these guys have been really great but when you compare them to a lot of the other players they'll be seeing in March Madness, the reason they're going to get so far is because of their coaching, not because of the talent on the team. And I think that's really what separates coach TJ from the rest of the Sunbelt coach coaching, uh, I guess, positions.
3: (laughs) I mean, when I'm looking at Texas state this season and coach TJ, I do see a lot of uh, like what the Utah jazz are doing in the NBA right now. Mm -hmm. First in the league, no one expected it because there's, not a lot of star players on the team all right but because of Quinn Snyder the defensive presence and how they play with the tempo of each game they're able to take over the league and i find a lot of texas state in that considering their defensive presence and how coach tj can maneuver the game and keep the tempo with his own team and it shows that you don't really need all these prospects and all these stars to to win a to win a college basketball game
2: But let me ask you guys, with this recent success of Texas State basketball, and we see a lot of other sports really doing their thing. Football's starting to get there, it looks like. Do you think that maybe just the just the recent success of this team is gonna bring in better prospects? Or do you think this is something that we're kind of gonna kind of keep seeing the same way that they've
0: been recruiting for the past couple of years? I'll start off. I most definitely agree because once because like how you see like an example, Clemson, Clemson football team, you see how they go to the finals, and that just brings in more prospects. Like once other people see that you're winning, they're going to want to join that winning winning mentality. It's kind of like the Patriot way. In, in a sense, it's kind of like the Patriot way. If you see somebody winning and you see like the formula's been working year in, year out, you're going to want to be a part of that. And everyone wants to win. So <laughs> it's like, why not?
2: And with a coach like Coach TJ, I mean, I'm sure players are – probably excited to go play for or, or excited at the idea of coming to play at Texas State with a coach like Coach TJ and also the winning culture that they've developed over the past few seasons. So
1: um I agree. Um being able to win um brings talent. Um it's eye-opening. And then hopefully um if they do make it to the big dance, um that's definitely gonna open eyes to a lot of, you know, prospects that, you know, don't get to go to those big schools like Duke, North Carolina, you know, those big schools, you know, it seems like basketball right now has been um, evolving. I don't know if you guys notice, I mean, there's a bunch of Texas teams that are now, you know, that were big football schools and now they're becoming basketball schools. I mean, tech, um, UT, Baylor. I mean, you got those big name schools, but let's say, you know, some of those guys don't get those scholarships from those schools. They can look at, you know, what, the smaller schools, like, let's say, like, Texas MS, and we're, like, very small, but, you know, just realizing, hey, like, if I take my talents there, I can, you know, help this team get better and get over, the, you know, that hump and, you know, eventually turn into, you know, a NCAA team that, that makes it to the March Madness every every year.
0: So while we still stay on the topic of basketball, we still got the Texas State <clears throat> women's basketball team. So now they're also going into the Sun Belt Conference a tournament been the, the fourth seed and then the first game they play is georgia southern so i wanted to ask you so what do the lady bobcats need to do to advance throughout the tournament go ahead chris
1: um so definitely what they need to do uh, i wrote down three things um <laughs> it's shoot the ball well from the three yeah um keep creating turnovers because that that's something that i've noticed that they're really good at and then another thing that, that they're really good at that they did last game for sure, the last or their two last games was being able to get to the free throw line. Um, they shot 21 out of 25 free throws against ULM, um, the game that they won 85 to 62. And then they shot 19 out of 27 against ULM whenever they won 68 to 56. So, I mean, being able to get those, you know, 21 points and 19 points that, that's going to be, that, that's very helpful.
2: And, you know, this actually, I think this women's team is a very similar situation to the men's team where they came in this year and were very under the radar. A lot of, te- a lot of uh, the polls, early preseason polls said that they weren't going to be the best team in the conference. And I mean, they're not at the level of the men's team right now, but they've proven that they can win games and be an effective, bas- or a very good basketball team. Um, you know, they had their bumps in the road, but fourth seed in the West, not bad, and you know, they could be one of those Cinderella stories in the Sun Belt. I don't know if they'll take it all the way to the Sun Belt final or make it to the March Madness tournament the same way the men are expected to. But I think this is a team that could give a lot of other teams in the Sun Belt problems, especially with the scoring of, of Danasia Hood and Kennedy Taylor assisting. And, I mean, <laughs> there are a lot of girls on this team. And, I mean, they're they're the real deal, I think. They will be in a few years. Coach Xander Antoine's... Uh, great coach, and, yeah, they got a bright future. Georgia Southern, however,
3: being their first opponent is, uh, it's a little scary. I, I think they are better than their record says so. They put up a lot of points, win or lose in every game. And I feel like, uh, like Chris said earlier, the ability that Texas State has of getting so many turnovers in a game will definitely have to play into if
2: we want to take them down in this next game. Yeah, and Georgia Southern's actually second in the conference in scoring offense. And the Texas State Bobcats are currently 10th in the conference out of the 12 teams in the conference. So it's not looking great. And I know that Chris talked about the three-point shooting, too. And that's been a huge struggle for the Bobcats. If they're going to win this game, they have to be. They have to be better behind the arc and they have to take advantage of the things they're really good at and it's getting to the free throw line and converting and making, and making good decisions on defense too. Um, not fouling and um, getting turnovers like Chris said earlier.
0: I Completely agree with y'all. So I wanted to ask y'all who do you think on the Georgia Southern team they should look out for? Because like you said, they're second in scoring for the Sun Belt. So I, <laughs> I just had to get your thoughts. Up.
1: Um, I can go. So, um, there's this player that comes off the bench. Uh, her name's Taryn Ward. She's a freshman guard. The um, last game that they played, um, Georgia, Georgia Southern, um, she scored 26 points, and um, had three steals. And this was off the bench. She was, she was had twenty nine minutes. So I mean, when you have somebody like that that can come off the bench and just give them that spark, um, that's something that they should definitely um, look out for.
3: Um. So I haven't gone around to watching much of Georgia Southern this year, mm-hmm. but um, considering we haven't played them all year, I feel like it's definitely going to be, they're going to bring something new to the table. And uh, it may not be the girls who are scoring every single game for them, who are at the top of the box score every game for them. They may, other girls may step up since we haven't played and there's going to be new people. And I feel like this Texas state women's basketball team is just going to have to be ready for anything that they can take.
2: Yeah. And one last note, like Jacob said, this is the first time they're going to meet this season, uh, Georgia Southern and Texas state. And that's just because of the new change to COVID. These teams ha- didn't play each other uh, throughout the regular season. So this is going to be two teams that are very unfamiliar with each other rather than, you know, a-, a team that Texas state has played four times this season. This is going to be a game that they probably have been watching a lot of film getting prepared for this. Cause I mean, again, it's a uncertainty and a challenge that has been uh, thrown in front of them. That is, <laughs> I guess, uh, not the not the normal because normally they would play Georgia Southern in during the regular season.
0: But yeah, man, it is what it is. But yeah, go, you, you gotta go out there before. <laughs> yeah, and so y'all can catch that game on ESPN Plus. I think the women's play at five. And the men, I think the men's play sooner.
2: No, so the women are actually playing at 11, 11. a.m. 11 1:30. a.m. on
0: 1130
2: a.m. a.m. on Friday. Friday. And then the men
0: play their first game on Saturday at 8 p.m. 8 p.m.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I appreciate that game. And so <laughs> before, <laughs> before we sign up, we got to get into some national sports because there's been a lot of stuff going on in the NFL. So let's talk about Russell Russell Wilson, not directly asking for a trade, but you can tell it's something going on in Seattle that that he don't want to be there anymore. So I just kind of want to get y'all thoughts on that on whoever just want to start out first.
3: <laughs> uh, I'll start. So I don't think Russell Wilson wants to leave Seattle. I mean, it is a pretty good situation other than being in the strongest division in the league. Right. But I feel like he's starting to see players like Breeze and Rivers and Roethlisberger all getting old some starting to retire, and these are the quarterbacks that he's played against for the past 10 years in his career. Russell Wilson, sitting at 32 years old. He's starting to think, when am I getting my other ring? I'm sure he's, you know, getting a little less athletic than he once was, and he's just not sure if Seattle is the place that's going to get him that ring fast enough.
2: Well, you know, I don't know if he wants out of Seattle because that's that's the report. Is He hasn't said it directly like a lot of other players players have like deshaun watson has said he wants out of houston so we haven't heard anything from russell wilson directly we've heard he's frustrated but we don't we haven't heard that he wants out of seattle necessarily and i think if seattle wants to keep russell wilson it's very easy this is what you do you tell him hey russ we'll do whatever you want to stay here and we'll give we'll let you pick our first two picks in the draft if you want (laughs) o-linemen because you're tired of getting destroyed behind in the backfield all right, we'll get you some O-linemen. If you want to draft another wide receiver, even though you already have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, it's up to you too, man. Uh, the thing is, you got to keep a guy at like of Russell Wilson's caliber. Um, you can't really let him walk or get or have him get more frustrated than he is. Because like Jacob said, you play in the toughest division. And now that the Cardinals added JJ Watt, All right? This is good, you need an O-lineman. So Russell Wilson's gonna be begging for that this offseason. And if they don't get it to him, I don't know. We might see a new change of scenery for Russell Wilson.
1: So um, another thing is as a Seahawks um, fan, you have to take into consideration that 30 million cap hit or thirty million, thirty-nine million, 39 million or 40 million. So it's just like, if they were to trade him, I mean, that cap is that hit is going to, you know, it's going to hurt the Seahawks, but I personally don't think he's leaving um, as Gage said, um it's basically his team. If we're being kind of honest, whatever he yeah. wants, he gets. Realistically, um, The only thing is that his division got so much better. I mean, JJ Watt to the Cardinals, Matthew Stafford to the Rams. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that, that, that division is just, it's getting better and he needs, I mean, o line help. And be, before you know it, the Cardinals are going to be, you know, good. The Rams are going to, you know, they're going to they're gonna compete, I mean, possibly for a Super Bowl. And then you still got the 49ers who last year half of their team got injured, if we're being honest. So they're going to come back and they're going to want, you know, to take control of that division like they did, what, two years ago when they went to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, so I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel like just just get him some help, man. Don't let him walk or leave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not Not walk, but leave.
2: According, well, I'm interested in hearing what you have to say about this.
0: I personally, me personally, I feel like he should stay there and just give him the pieces because he has everything. They have a good defense. They have a good offense. They have. He has not uh, well, He has. He has a solid number one receiver. Not many quarterbacks have a solid number one receiver.
2: That'll give you.
0: But it's just the old line. He's tired of getting sacked all the time. And then they talk about he can go, he could possibly go to to the Raiders, the Cowboys, and what was the other two? The Chicago Saints. Chicago and Saints. And the yeah, Saints. Saints. Drew Brees, he's probably not retiring. So he can, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't see that happening.
2: <laughs> the Saints are in cap hell right now. There's no way that they'd be able to trade for Russell Wilson. I mean they're in a very, very sticky situation cap wise. So it'll be interesting to see what they do moving forward with the quarterback position and even the whole makeup of the roster, but focusing more on Russell Wilson. Um, like you said, yeah, he's running for his life behind that offensive line. And if he was Kyler Murray's age, that'd be okay. It'd be a little yeah. bit different. He has time to develop, but like Jacob said earlier, he's 32 years old. He's getting up there. I mean, you don't want a 32 year old quarterback running for his life especially in that division.
0: <laughs> but that's going to be all the time we have today for Cross to the Wall. I appreciate everyone for tuning in and listening. I'm your host, Courtney Abraham.